Seasonal cleansing is a time-honored tradition in Ayurveda and part of a healthy, conscious lifestyle. Preparing your body and mind for the new season by reestablishing your natural state of balance, hitting the reset button on digestion, and increasing your energy and vitality for the longer days ahead. Organic India is transforming the wisdom of ancient traditions into accessible, easy, modern-day practices to support you in achieving your healthy, conscious living goals year-round. Visit OrganicIndiaUSA.com to learn more. New to the living healthy lifestyle or a healthy living veteran, this is your place for honest answers. Naturally Savvy with registered holistic nutritionist Andrea Donsky and health journalist Lisa Davis. Hi, I'm Lisa Davis. My wonderful co-host, Andrea, is away today. Oh, my goodness. I hear from so many people. I'm so busy. I'm so busy. I'm so busy. And and it's just, it's not good. You know, we need more time to relax. We need more time to look within. We need more time to not feel stressed out. So I am thrilled to have the wonderful uh, Daria Longillespie, MD. She is a Yale and Harvard-trained emergency physician, author of national best-selling book, Mom Hacks, regular TV contributor on Headline News, CNN, The Dr. Oz Show, and other network shows, and a TEDx speaker. She is really incredible, and we are thrilled to have her. Hello. Now, do you prefer Dr. Daria, Dr. Long Gillespie? What do you prefer? Oh, hi, Lisa. It's a pleasure. <laughs> and usually they just say Dr. Daria. That's what I figure. I love that name, by the way, Daria. That's a great name. <laughs> Thank you. So kind yeah. of you. I love it. So I want to have you back to talk about your national bestselling book, Mom Hacks, because as a mom, I could certainly use some, and we have a ton of mom (laughs) listeners. But today I wanted to talk about what you focused on in your TED Talks, TED Talk, which was, or TEDx Talk, which was End the Crazy Busy Triage Your Life. So this is something, like I mentioned in the beginning, that it's just we're all over the place. And I would love to hear some suggestions, some thoughts. And also, how did you come to this way of thinking? Yeah, Absolutely. Um, so Lisa, yes, that TED talk was, it became my third child. I guess my book is my third child. The TED talk became my fourth child for a while. And, you know, I have been a patient myself. I was diagnosed with an autoimmune arthritis when I was in residency and went from being able to, you know, run every day to being unable to walk. And, you know, so I've had that moment in my life and, you know, that's another discussion, how I kind of turned around my health. And then I, you know, had everything kind of figured out again, but then I became a mom and I did not feel like I was in control when it came to my own health and my life. And I started to think, how can I manage it? I can handle a, an ER full of patients having traumas and strokes and heart attacks. (laughs) What am I doing there? And how can I take those lessons and bring those to my own life? So that's where the whole concept of um, of triaging your life, because, you know, at the same time, everybody was saying, oh, whatever, how are you? Oh, I'm just crazy. Just crazy. It's like become <laughs> the go to answer. And I was like, y'all, I can be in the ER with 35 different patients and a code going off and I am busy, but I would never say that I'm crazy busy. So what am I doing there? How can I translate it to regular life? So interesting. You know, I would like to go back. You said for another time, but I would like to hear, and I'm sure the audience would, a little bit about uh, your, your health journey. Yeah, well, absolutely. So I had always been healthy and, you know, like many of us, you just are, have an absence of health problems. And, um, you know, started waking up one day and my feet were swollen, my ankles, my my hands were swollen. I couldn't write. I'm a, a classically trained concert pianist. I couldn't play, I couldn't type on my keyboard. Um, and the low was, you know, I couldn't stand up to see my patients. I'd have to pull up a garbage can just to sit down. And I went to a second opinion in Boston. And I remember after being still in the car for two hours and anybody with a 
and arthritis knows that when you're still, still is like the death knell to your arthritis. I got up and walked away from my car and realized I'd left it unlocked and I just didn't care. I remember thinking, Mm -hmm. forget it, like let them steal my car. I cannot walk back 50 feet. And so I was in such bad pain. And so anybody who's in pain, I hear you because it does change how you live your life. And they ended up diagnosing me with psoriatic arthritis. And I was put on injection medications twice a week, which, you know, if you want to laugh, watch a doctor learning to give herself a shot. I was a <laughs> huge whim. And um, it was really told this is the way your life's going to be. And I wasn't okay with my joints falling apart by the time I was 40. And so I started looking everywhere I could, you know, I, and I was, I looked in Western medicine, I looked in Eastern medicine, I looked through all the holistic health and I really made big changes in my health and in my lifestyle too. And how I um, worked and stress and what I ate was a huge issue and handled stress and how I slept and was able to eventually come off of medications entirely. And that's not to say I have some magic woo pill to get you off your medications. I do not want anybody just to stop their medications. Um, I'm a huge fan of medications when necessary, but that is to say that our lifestyle plays an enormous role in our health for many of us. And um, it, so it just, it really kind of catalyzed me to say, okay, how can I go figure out, there's so much in terms of health trends out there. How can I help people really cut through what's true, what's BS, you know, and bring what I call a little scientific sanity back into your life? Ooh, that's a great name for a book. A little bit of scientific sanity. Bring scientific <laughs> sanity back to your life by Dr. <laughs> D- Daria Long Gillespie, MD. I like Thank I'm you. getting it. Maybe that'll be number two. <laughs> we'll, we'll send you the royalty check is in the mail, Lisa. All right. Now, I'm sure everyone's wondering, okay, what did you do differently with your diet? Because okay, that's, so that's big, me, right? Yeah, it, it, it really is. And again, there's, there's crazy conversations out there. People are saying, you know, just take this one juice and it's a miracle cure. No, like there, there's no, this is not to say that that is the case. But for me, diet was a huge factor. For me, I would literally, Lisa, in my white coat pocket, I would have a bag of Swedish fish. And in the middle of an ER shift, I would have that eat Swedish fish. And I'd get home and have a bag of Twizzlers or red licorice. And so for me, um, I cut out a lot of things just to see what would work. I cut out dairy. I cut out gluten. I cut sugar. You know, I was living off of a diet of cardboard and my own sorrowful tears for a while um, (laughs) to see what would work. And for me, one of the biggest triggers was processed foods and sugar foods. So um, a little bit dairy. So I really trimmed those out of my, out of my life as much as possible. And, um, you know, really, you, you, I can still to this day tell, tell a difference if I, you know, go out and have some, like, some great processed food or something. My joints swell, and, you know, I, I notice a difference in my joints. So that was a really big difference uh, when it came to my diet. You know, you also, and we will get, folks, I know I know. We, the title is End the Crazy Busy Triage Your Life, but this woman is just so incredible. And by the way, you have the best energy, Daria. I just love it. Oh, I mean, you're just like, you. ooh, you're just like a ray of sunshine. Um, you do a, <laughs> a cutting out the sugar kind of thing, too, because I want to have you I back. Do. So just give it, like, tease that a little bit. So I think it's, you know... I say there's multiple pillars to breaking the sugar habit and none of them rely on using your willpower. 
So, mm-hmm. you know, the willpower the, the pillar is changing your environment around you. We are hugely dictated by our environment. It makes us what we eat. You know, one study found that if the bowl of M&Ms is right next to you versus if it's six feet away that you actually have to get up out of your chair, study participants ate 70% less chocolate. Like we are really lazy Trump's chocolate, Lisa. So <laughs> if the M, which I was like, you know what, it, let's not fight it. Like that's the time that I'm going to say, okay, I'm lazy. How can I leverage my laziness? So environment what I call taste bud detox and detox gets thrown out around a lot. So I use that term loosely, but to say you can change your taste, just like Lisa, the first time you tried wine, did you like it? No, no. Okay. And then most people, and then most see, people, I, I, Oh, do they like it? Am I weird? I don't really like wine or beer or any. Okay. Well, the wrong maybe person. that was a bad example, but wine, you know, diet drinks. The first time I tried skim milk, I was like, this is disgusting. And then, right. you know, I, you know, after I'd been used to whole milk, our taste buds change in about 10 to 12 days. So first mm. pillar is environment. Second pillar is changing your taste buds. And third pillar is building skills around it and the mindset. You do those things. And then it is not about, oh, I can't have the cookie. Because the next time somebody, if you're putting in the pillars in place, then the next time you say, oh, I can't have that cookie and you eat that cookie, instead of beating yourself up about eating the cookie, which is entirely non-productive. Guilt is like this useless feeling unless it drives you. Instead, I want you to say, what, where did the three pillars fail me today? Was it just that the food was right in front of me? Or is it that I, you know, I had um, some sugar and some maybe a diet soda yesterday. So my cravings and taste buds have been really sugarly driven. Or I didn't, I didn't meal plan and have the right foods. I didn't have good foods on hand. And so I'm starving. And so I went for whatever. The, it's not that you're weak. It's not that you don't have willpower. It's not that you're born into a family of sweet tooth. It's just that you don't have the right, that you're not using the right pillars. And so that's what I do so that it's not requiring willpower. I had one woman email me and she's like, Dr. Daria, it works, it works, it works. And there were like 10 it works exclamation points. And she had done the sugar fix program. And then she said, my husband had cookies on the counter and I've been walking past them all day. I just didn't want them. That's where we want to get you. Not fighting against sugar. Right. You know, it's... I need to move the chocolate because the problem is it's I have a chocolate drawer and it's so okay. easy. So uh-huh. what I'm going to do, gotta get rid of that. Uh, I know, but my husband and daughter like it too. But what I'm thinking is, cause I'm not going to cut it out entirely because it's 70 to 85%. It's very low in sugar. What mm-hmm. I should do is take two squares that I can have for the day and then put mm-hmm. the rest up in a very high cupboard. And that way when I'm busy, cause I'll just walk by and I'll be like, I'll notice. Yes, and I'm like, wait, I had seven freaking squares today. Yes, exactly. You are exactly right. That's exactly the first pillar. Um, And I would say, like, there's two things from that. One is that one of the questions I get from people all the time is, how do I do this health change if my partner's not on board? That is huge. And you know what? Sometimes your partner is not on board. Sometimes you... You, they have to see you living by example, and then they'll come on board. But I think what you do then is have a candid discussion. Say, I'm working on cutting this out. Where will we draw the line? Like you as my partner, is it that you can have this, but you will have it outside the home? Or we can throw out 80% of this and keep 20% of the 20% we keep is up high on a shelf. Where, you know, if they don't want to cut it out, that's fine. But where can you draw the line? And maybe you say, you know what, this one food is my trigger. Just please do not eat it in the home. Because if you eat it, I will end up eating it. So that's one thing. Right. Well, my husband has this uncanny ability, literally, to eat one square of chocolate. Even yeah, with the I chocolate know. There's sword. weirdos like it that. It makes you me know? insane. He could buy cookies him. and they'll last a month. I'm like, what? Yeah, like, he's he's well, very um, yeah. willpower oriented. I'm not. That's why. <laughs> and, and maybe it's just his 
people, it's not even willpower. People, yeah, studies true. have shown that people who we think have strong willpower just to live, live life, most of life in a way that they're not tempted and it eventually just becomes habit. If you mm. walk past most days, and so also I would say in terms of your chocolate, sometimes with sugar fix, what I'll do is I make people cut it for five weeks, not because you can never go back. I'm just breaking that habit where you think you have to have the chocolate and you go for it because you're craving it. At the end of five weeks, you can go back and have the two pieces, but you're in more control and you can actually stop at two as opposed to going until seven. So sometimes I do make people go the hard way and cut it totally for four to five weeks because you've got to break that habit loop. Mm, yeah, that's a good point. Oh my gosh, there's so many different things. I'm going to have to, uh, when the show goes up, it's going to be end the crazy busy triage your life, cut out sugar, because <laughs> <laughs> you really are just a plethora of information. All right. So talk to us about this triage in your life, because you mentioned okay. you're at work. It's insane. There's people that are hurting and trauma. And yet you're like, okay, I'm not going to say I'm crazy busy. <laughs> Right. And I think the very first step is I want your audience, listeners, if they don't do anything, I want you to just start catching yourself when you say crazy busy, when you hear yourself say that, because I believe in science has shown that when you actually are telling yourself it's crazy busy, it impacts how well we function. So, you know, the first thing is, is it crazy or is it, is it just actually busier than I would like it to be? Okay. I don't want it to be this way, but okay, how can I get through it? So just first, just make that little mental catch. Then secondly, so here's the story in the ER. You have some massive trauma. And a bunch of patients come in. You don't take care of all of them at once because we triage. Red are patients who are immediately life-threatening. They're going to get my first attention. Then there are patients we label as yellow, which is serious, but not immediately life-threatening, and green is minor. So we prioritize and we do reds first. And this is what I want you to do in your own lives, too, because part of the problem in crazy busy is that you are reacting to everything, whether it is a mission critical work item or something for your family or that that you're on a toilet paper and you need to order it on Amazon. You're reacting to all of those as if they are reds mm. and they are not. So I want people to mentally know what's your reds. What are your yellows? What's a green? Because the greens, you can push them to the side. You can automate them. You can do a variety of things. They should not be taking up your brain power. Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I mean, sometimes every the littlest things, I'm like, what? I have to go to the store because I'm out of toilet paper. Ah. Right, <laughs> so exactly. Just... And it's the little <laughs> things that are noisy that take up. It's like your email inbox, your social media, or your text, and your greens can take up your entire day. I could take my entire day just seeing patients who have ear infections. Meanwhile, the person over there having a heart attack, I'm totally neglecting. We do that in our own lives. And so I really want our listeners to start to say, What's my reds today? Let me just focus on that. Because the other part of crazy busy is you think, I didn't get anything done. But if you say, these are my reds today, these are the three things I need to do for my reds. The yellows, I fit in in between. And then the greens, you really do whenever you have, you have downtime. Like keep a list of your greens, but don't focus on them on those times when you're supposed to be working on your reds. Mm, I really like that. What about like making a chart? Or I'm one of those people. I like to write things mm -hmm. down or take so, notes. Or... Yeah. So I absolutely do. And I have a um, triage your life little workbook we made. So if anybody goes Ooh. to my website, they can do the take the crazy busy, um, get your crazy busy score quiz. Um, and then once you get your score, you get this includes this and the crazy busy toolkit, which includes the triage your life. And it really goes through the red, yellow, greens, and black, which is another category to help you think mm -hmm. okay, what it is. And then what do you do with that? Because it's, right. you know, that, that changes every day. Um, but really what you have to do is at least know. And sometimes it's, 
you know, mentally reminding yourself. But for me, I have a list. I have kind of a project um, document. These are the projects I'm working on. And then every day I kind of go through at the beginning of the day or every two to three days. Okay, what are the things for my reds? What do I really have to get done? And I put that on a post-it. And that's my day's to-dos. And so then you can cross it off and, and get those things done. And you are less distracted by the other stuff. Mm, yeah, because you the can thing, get overwhelmed. Go ahead. Yes. The other thing I do with my greens is I automate as much as possible. I mean, our greens are things that really trip us up. But like, you know, what are we having for t- dinner Tuesday night at 6 p.m.? Or, you know, so on the weekend, on a Sunday, like that should not be taking up my brain power. And also at Tuesday at 6 when everybody's hangry and saying, Mom, what's for dinner? And we're going to, you know, end up taking ordering takeout or I'm yelling at somebody and throwing, you know, fried chicken around the room. Not a good picture. <laughs> so not that it ever happens in my family, but I'm speaking of friends, of course, Lisa. Of course, you know. Of course. <laughs> um, so what I do is I automate it. So every it's maybe it's less glamorous. Maybe Ina Garten's gonna call me and say I'm not giving enough variety to my menu. But every Saturday or Sunday, we have a list of about fifteen to twenty meals that I know I can make in about twenty to thirty minutes. Saturday and Sunday, sit down with the family. Usually it's like while we're driving to church or while we're driving out to dinner or something. I'll say, What's our meals for the week? What's meals for Sunday, Tuesday, and Wednesday? You know, then Monday and Thursday are leftovers. Friday and Saturday, we'll either do leftovers or go out. And then I'm done. And so when I go to the grocery store Sunday afternoon, I just grab the things for those three meals. I make enough of each meal for leftovers because now I'm populating two additional nights of leftovers. And you're done. So Tuesday at 6 p.m., I'm not making any decisions about what's going on the table. It's already planned. Usually it's already prepped by what I did on the weekend if I didn't already buy it shopped. And we have a healthy meal in 30 minutes. So that's a green and that's the way I manage it. It's automated. We have the same plan that goes every week. Another way, other greens, like we said, toilet paper. Use Amazon for this. Like how many of your regular things you buy every month? Put them on Target or Amazon, any of those recurrent subscriptions, because you don't have t- brain power to waste on if you've enough toilet paper. Just set it and forget it. Yeah, that is such a good idea. It's funny, too, because I went grocery shopping this morning. And the last time my husband texted me like, oh, we forgot something. I didn't check my text. And this time I got in line. I'm like, oh, wait, I should see. And of course, this is so funny. It keeps coming up. It was toilet paper. <laughs> Yeah. So I was like, There's good, I'm still here. About to favor. Like, and it's so, you just, just don't. And I also do saved lists for groceries. I have a list of all of our staples. And before anybody goes to the grocery store, they go look at that staples list. And it's like, we should have six red peppers. We should have a pack of carrots. So like, you know, we should have two cases <laughs> of Pellegrino, like whatever it is. And you go run through the inventory really quickly. And then you're like, oh, we don't have three jars of pe- peanut butter. I'll pick up some. That way we're never running out and you never have those, you know, last minute moments of, shoot, we forgot about this. It's just the yeah. list is saved and you're not reinventing the wheel. Anytime you're reinventing the wheel, if it's something you're reinventing every single week or every single month, that's an unnecessary stressor. It's adding to your burnout. It's adding to your cognitive load, which is something I think about regularly as an ER doctor. And I'm just trying to help people think about that in their own lives to help them move more smoothly. Now, are you currently a clinical assistant professor at the University of Tennessee School of Medicine? Wow, I am. Exciting. I work at Erlanger Hospital, which is one of the University of Tennessee hospitals. And I love it. It's, it's what I do first. You know, that that is me. I am an emergency physician. And uh, so I really enjoy the experience of working at Erlanger. I've been very fortunate. Daria, you have to be a regular. You're just fabulous. And you're gorgeous. Oh, well, and I love, I love so your fun. site. Well, it just went by in like a second. Like, didn't she just get here? I mean, 
We just started talking, and all of a sudden, so I just looked at my phone. I was like, "Why is she wrapping up?" Oh, I see. Yes. Yes. So tell us all the ways we can find you online. Fantastic. So I'm on Instagram and Facebook at Dr. Daria. So that's D R D A R R I A. I'm just starting to do more on Instagram. So if somebody goes to Instagram, DM me. You know, any of those. I love interacting with people there. I think it's a really fun, really great way to to do it. Um, of course, my website is drdaria.com. D R D A R-R-I-A. There is somebody else with just one R in her name. So make sure you got the two R's. And there you can take the free crazy, get your crazy busy score quiz. Or I have my freebie, which is the um, weeknight dinner blueprint and meal plan to make those Tuesday nights at 6 p.m. being stressful a thing of the past. Wow. Well, you are just a natural. And I'm looking at your Instagram now and it's fabulous. And I think I see Sanjay Gupta. Oh, there he is. Yes, yeah, that's a great yes, picture. Dr. Gupta, he's wonderful. He and I know each other from our work Aww. at CNN together. We we bump into each other in CNN studios or hair and makeup all the time. And he's just, he's as wonderful as he comes across on TV. He is in real life. Oh, that's fantastic. Well, you're wonderful. I want to thank everyone for listening. I can't wait to have Dr. Daria back. Andrea is going to be so excited because she'll listen to this and go, oh my gosh, she's amazing. Um, so in the meantime... <laughs> Please, oh, of course, please rate, review, subscribe. It really helps the show. Tell your friends. Uh, you can also follow us on social media at Lisa Davis MPH, at Andrea Donsky, at Naturally Savvy, and at Your Radio MD. Thanks so much for listening and stay well.